Blog Talk Radio. Welcome one and all. This is your host, Robert Rogers. I'm the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. We have now had over a full decade of time to spend research on factors that are causing the symptoms of Parkinson's and the many, many different therapies that are helping individuals reverse those particular symptoms. I have many different types of guests on my radio show that I host and some of those guests are healthcare providers, and other guests are individuals who currently experience symptoms of Parkinson's and have stories to tell of how they've been successful in reversing those symptoms. Now, my guest today actually falls into both categories. My guest today is a medical doctor, psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Chris Hagerseth, uh, who also has experienced symptoms of Parkinson's and has a remarkable story to tell all of you about what he has discovered helps him reverse his own symptoms. Dr. Hagerseth, I want to thank you from the bottom of the hearts of our thousands of listeners for taking the time to be on Parkinson's Recovery Radio today. Robert, it's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to be able to reach out with the wide, wide ability you have with listeners all over the world. I bet you you've got five or six continents anyway, and I think it's wonderful that we can share some good stuff. Tell us all about your own story of recovery. Okay. I am 76, just turned. And about the time of my 70th birthday, uh, things began to seem different in my life. And uh, I noticed that a, my, my right hand was moving by itself. And I, uh, doctors are always said, told, don't be your own doctor. Go to some, go, go to a real doctor. So I had my annual physical and I saw my internal medicine specialist and I said, I'm getting a tremor in my right hand. And he said, he examined me deeply and thoroughly for a total of 10 seconds and then said, uh, oh, don't worry about it. Essential tremor. Everybody gets it. They're just getting old. Well, over the next several months, uh, my wife began to comment to me about a few things. She said, anytime I walked, I was bending over, I was slouching like an old man. And then she asked me why I was angry all the time because uh, I never smiled. And one day we were walking together and the sun came and cast my shadow ahead of me. And I saw, indeed, I'm bent over. And then I also noticed I wasn't swinging my arms. And I also noticed that my right hand was shaking like the dickens. I knew I had Parkinson's. So this time I went to a neurologist and I saw him and uh, he was an old colleague and so we know each other pretty well. And he said, you know, what can you do for you, Chris? And I said, well, I got Parkinson's. He said, oh, who diagnosed that? And I said, well, I did. Well, let me take a look. Okay. And he uh, did his exam. And then uh, I loved the last show you had. I just was watching this stuff about... uh, uh, the awful words that they use. And he changed his tone of voice. He leaned forward in his chair and he said, Chris, you have Parkinson's disease. Now you have to understand this is, this is degenerative and progressive. And it's always going to be gradually going downhill. But you know, if we're used to medications and stuff, we can probably help it slow its progression. Now, 
now that I look back, I realized that when a person changes their voice, leans forward in their chair, gets a different expression on their face, and they talk to you, and they're a person in authority, you are being hypnotized. Hypnotized means nothing more than somebody makes a suggestion that goes deep into your brain and becomes part of you. And I think that it's one of the worst things that well-meaning physicians do is to do it that way because we then live up to that prophecy. He did one wonderful thing, though. I said, well, what can I do? And he said, you know, exercise, exercise, exercise. Easy for him to say because he was an ultra-marathon runner. I mean, he had run 100 miles up in the mountains. But uh, I had, 30 years ago, uh, run a couple marathons, and so I, I already had some exercise in my life. And I went home that night and I sat at my kitchen table and I realized first, I didn't feel like I had a, a death sentence. I felt like I had a challenge. And that, I think, was very important. It changed my attitude. And then I said, what can I do? Well, I'm already doing some walking and jogging. I'm going to do more of it. And then I said, I think, I'll, I, think I should get stronger. So I'll get a trainer and do some weightlifting. And then the most pivotal thing I think I've done for my recovery is I said, I'm going to take up yoga. And the next day I went to my first yoga class. And walking out of that class, I already began to feel different. Well, I then went on ahead and found the best yoga instructor in our community, and she was wonderful, and started practicing yoga a lot. And as a year went by, I stopped doing the weightlifting because weightlifting can make your muscles strong, but you isolate muscles. And Parkinson's is an illness of movement. And so instead, I uh, continued to walk and continued to be, and I didn't realize at the time, very mindful. I said, I don't like it when I slouch over. So I reminded myself constantly, stand up straight. I was a Marine during Vietnam, so I, I remember how to stand straight. And then I said, I'm swing your arms. And consciously think about smiling and laughing. Well, at the end of about a year, I was significantly better. I had had symptoms into my right leg when I was diagnosed. And uh, those symptoms had disappeared. My face was mobile. And people could not tell I had Parkinson's as I walked. And um, I will say, early on, I tried some medicine. And uh, the first thing he gave me was Azelect, which supposedly slows the course of the disease. Slow, changes the trajectory downhill. But the stuff was so damned expensive. Without insurance, it came to $630 a month for 30 pills. And after the second month, uh, I have a tendency toward a dry mouth, and my mouth got so dry, I couldn't, I couldn't even eat or talk. My, my, just dry. So I quit it. And the nighttime, the tremor in my right leg was still bothering me a lot, so they tried some amantadine. But after about six weeks, I said, you know, I don't know if it's doing that much good. I think I'll just quit it. And so I did that. So uh, the Azelect I did two months. The amantadine I did six weeks. And then... I got some cinnamon because they say, well, 
you know, if you get cinnamon and you, your tremor stops, you're going to be, uh, that's diagnostic. Well, I took it for three days, and my tremor wasn't much better, and I just decided I'm done with medicine for right now, and I stopped. So by the time that I was just about the fourth month in after my diagnosis, I ceased all medicine, and I have not been on any medicine since, and it's now six years. And if you see me walking down the street, you would never think I have Parkinson's. Now... <clears throat> At that time, after about a year, I, I made up a little website. And what I wanted to do is just encourage other people. I called it Sweating Out PD, Sweating Out Parkinson's Disease. Because at the time, I had a hypothesis that your, your workouts, your rate of walking and so on, needed to be fast enough that you would sweat. And I thought sweat was good. And so uh, Sweating Out PD meant that physically I exercise hard enough to sweat. And all I did was encourage people and with a presence on the internet, no big deal. I then also took over the leadership of our uh, local support group. And the membership in that grew from about 14 to close to 50 now. And as I began to share with others what was happening on, I noticed some people getting better. Uh, we had a woman that uh, had given up driving two years before, and uh, she, you know, she got the, the idea of the confidence that we had, and she was doing yoga, and she began to see that she was doing stuff she never could have imagined, and she'd been depressed, and she was less depressed, and I'll be damned if two years after she quit, she went out and bought a new car. And she's been driving that car now for the last two and a half years and enjoying it immensely. I was doing great. So I began to study a lot more. And about a year ago, I called my neurologist who was about to retire. And I said, you know, I'm doing so well. Can we make sure, absolutely sure I really have Parkinson's? And he said, well, you really do. We said, but we'll do a DAT scan, which is a brain scan that isn't enough to diagnose Parkinson's on its own, but if you have Parkinson's symptoms and the DAT scan is positive, you have idiopathic Parkinson's disease. Idiopathic meaning nobody knows the cause. We do know about 10, 15% of people with Parkinson's have a gene that's at the base of it, but idiopathic means nobody else in the family ever had it. Okay, so my DAT scan was positive. I said, why am I doing so well? And he shook his head and he said, I don't know, Chris. I've never seen anybody like you. He said, you're doing great. Just keep on doing whatever you're doing. And the uh, university here, I live in Colorado, a mile, uh, an hour north of Denver. And I volunteered for a uh, clinical study. Actually, I've been in three, three clinical trials. And this one was about cognition. Because I was thinking, I'm beginning to have some trouble not thinking clearly enough. I, I wonder if I'm getting some problems with that. And oh my God, they put me through the most detailed examination for a whole day, eight hours back-to-back -back stuff. And at the end of the eight hours, the, the movement disorder specialist, his name is Dr. Benzi Kluger, said, uh, you definitely have Parkinson's disease, but we can't include you in their study because you don't have any cognitive deficit. 
Well, that made me pretty happy. I came back home and I'm still wondering why do people want to examine me more? And I had a friend who uh, was a retired professor of neuroscience at our local college, which is Colorado State University. And I got talking to him. He said, you know, have you heard about neuroplasticity? I said, yeah, I know a little bit about it. He said, ah. He said, I think you've, I think you've achieved that. He um, told, gave me a couple of references, and the big reference is Dr. Norman Deutsch. Dr. Deutsch is actually a psychoanalyst, but with a big interest in neuroplasticity. And he teaches two places, the University of the Toronto Medical School and also in New York City at Columbia. Well, I read his books, and I was, oh, my God, he reported about a guy named John Pepper, who is from South Africa. And John Pepper, after many years of Parkinson's, quit his meds and feels better and walks like the Dickens. And he was featured in a chapter in the book. And I thought, boy, I wonder how I can run into Dr. Deutsch. And uh, <clears throat> I Googled his name, and wouldn't you know, he was scheduled to be in Denver 10 days later. And I signed up for the conference. I didn't even know what the conference was about, but I signed up for it. And that day, I uh, arrived at the conference, and he was a keynote speaker. So he did the first half of his keynote, and then came a break. And I thought, okay, this is my time. I walked up to him at the lectern. And I said, I'm Dr. Chris Hagaseth. I have had Parkinson's now for five years, and uh, I don't take medicine. And no joke, he dropped his pencil. And he said, really? Turn around, let me see you walk again. I walked away, and I walked toward him. He said, you're not taking any medicine? And I, you know, he looked at my right hand, and he could see the tremor. I said, yeah. And I said, it's been confirmed I've had positive death scan. Really? And then because I love yoga so much, I just right there got down and did a downward facing dog and the three-legged dog and did a bunch of other stuff and warrior two pose. And he said, his eyes were wide like saucers. And he said, can I get you to show that to the group when they come back after their break? And I said, sure. I did. And the, the group broke into spontaneous applause. Then Dr. Deutsch uh met me at lunch and said, I don't have a lot of time, but would you come upstairs? To, I'm staying at the hotel. I would like to examine you. And so I went upstairs. He examined me, took a recording, a video. And at the end, I said, what do you think? And he said, I think you represent the best outcome of neuroplasticity I have ever seen, better than John Pepper. And uh, that's that's thrilled me no end. And so at that point, which was last May, I decided that uh, I'm I'm going to put together a package that hopefully can help other people do what I've been doing. And at that point, then I established what I ultimately called my training. And it still goes under sweatingoutpd.com. And I now have had approximately 18 people who have Parkinson's. Not all have Parkinson's. A couple of them have some other degenerative neurological diseases that have gone through the training with me. And um, I am now clear that there are a number of people who make good improvements. And so I 
Now see the calling for the rest of my life. It's clear. I practiced medicine 30 years or more. I stopped practicing about 10 years ago. But I, this is a calling. This, this, this means something. And I love getting a chance to talk to people. And uh, For those listeners to whom I'm the first time they've ever heard of Chris Hagaseth, uh, I will mention that you had me on the show, on your show about four months ago or so. And I wound up getting calls from all over the world. I've talked to people in Australia and South Africa and Belgium and the Netherlands and Canada and the U.S. And I think what you are doing is fantastic because you are making it available to people throughout the world that they can find answers that diverge from the standard allopathic medical line. I do not have anything against allopathic medicine, but it is not enough, and I think it sells short other things that work really well. So I'll take a sip of water here and (laughs) see, see how that fits. I'm your host, Robert Rogers, and my very special guest today is Dr. Christian Hagaseth, who is discussing his journey down the road to recovery. John Pepper, who Dr. Hagaseth just mentioned, was also a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio last fall. So if you'd like to be able to hear an interview with John Pepper, be sure to go to the radio show page and simply scroll down and you'll see an actual hour interview with John Pepper. So, Dr. Hagaseth, tell us something more, if you would please, about your training program. It's a work in progress. I set it up in uh, June and July, started taking the first people in in August, and I realized that the first thing that needed to be done is to change the perspective of a person with Parkinson's disease at the get-go, because I felt that virtually everyone has had the deep brain embedding of the prophecy that you are degenerative and you're going downhill and so forth. And so what I've done is I've compiled a lot of material that I put into what I call my training manual. And it's, uh, it's something I deliver electronically to people. And it takes about a week for people to study. And I've got several different areas of study. And the things I do is I talk about neuroplasticity, get them to hear about it, I I am very big, I didn't mention this earlier, but I see meditation now as being very, very important. And then yoga. And uh, I have given a new model to thinking about the mind. And that is, most people think about the mind as the superego, the ego, and the id, or the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious mind. These are Freudian concepts. And at the time, were very uh, important. But they're not important anymore. And they're covered with a lot of associative garbage that doesn't do us any good. So I, I set up a model for people to understand called surface mind and deep mind. And surface mind is the conscious mind that we are using, that I'm using right now to talk and people are using to listen. Uh, and 
it's, it's, it's the operative mind. But in the deep mind now, we now can isolate the brain structures that do certain things. And we understand the importance of the autonomic nervous system. And why, why is it possible that yoga and meditation make a difference? Because they engage the parasympathetic nervous system. It is this nervous system that operates when we are at rest and at peace. The problem is, is that the sympathetic nervous system is designed for emergencies, which means if I am being chased by a tiger, or I'll tell you, I was up, up in our mountains here in Colorado two days ago, and I got into a blizzard, and the snow on the road was so bad that the car in front of me spun out, and I had to maneuver my car in such a way to not hit him or go in the ditch myself. My sympathetic nervous system kicked in. And that was very nice. The problem is for people with Parkinson's is the sympathetic nervous system is running at a low power all the time, which means we have fear, dread, tension, we're pouring out extra cortisol. It is very maladaptive for a person with a disease to have the, the sympathetic nervous system grinding away at a slow pace. So, the things that help it get um, shut down and the parasympathetic nervous system come up is, it turns out, aerobic exercise is great. Uh, yoga is great. Tai Chi is probably great. I assume it is. I haven't been able to get with a good Tai Chi instructor. And, uh, and then something that I came on in the last year and a half uh, working with a trainer was called high-intensity interval training. And the high-intensity interval training means that once or twice a week, I'm going to exercise to exhaustion as fast as I can. And I do that uh, two ways. One, I do wind sprints. When the weather's nice, I set out a 50-yard distance. I run as fast as I can for 50 yards, and I walk back swiftly enough so I can catch my breath so I can do it over and over again. I can do about 12 of those, and at that point, that point in time, I'm whipped. And it takes a day and a half to recover. And i got to give a warning out right away to anybody who's listening to me. Do not, under any circumstances, do high-intensity interval training without the okay of your physician. Yeah, your MD. Because if you have a cardiac condition or certain orthopedic conditions, it could be made a lot worse. It could be dangerous. It could even be fatal. But anyway, those are what I'm doing, and that's what I try to then shape into people's um, uh, training. Then when the uh, one week is over, then we have a series of five weeks or six during which we talk once a week for about 20 minutes. And we talk about concepts that were they got in the training manual. We talk a great deal about their exercise, how they're doing it, what they're doing, what they're experiencing in. Uh, we talk about um, their, their yoga. And then I create, uh, at the beginning, I dictate and create audio tapes for them that are to kick them off because we know the deep brain is touched by a state of mind which is similar to hypnosis. And so I create one recording, which is 15 to 20 minutes long, which is very hypnotic and speaks to the deepest levels of the brain. 
And then I do a much more uh, surface mind thing where uh, I do what are called contemplations. And they will go through, we go through a series of uh, short phrases uh, like, I'm doing better every day. And then we just kind of dwell on that for 30, 40 seconds. Or this disease is no longer degenerative. And we do that. And then as the weeks progress, if they have specific issues, I will then create more recordings for them, counsel them more and guide them on their exercise. Often I have to give them nudges. And um, I also have, as part of this, if people need it, meditation training. Because I've noticed that uh, anytime you talk to people about meditation who don't meditate, they say, I can't do it. I can't do it because my mind is wandering all over. That's the whole point of meditation. Of course your mind is wandering all over. Nobody gets into a lotus position and suddenly meditates. It's all about learning to get your mind into the present moment and be mindful, which means non-judgmentally aware of you in the place at that time. And so formal courses out there, the best is called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. It's a wonderful course, but it does take eight weeks, and it requires that you meet or go on the line, and there are a couple good ones online. And I decided I'd make up something very simple, and I call it my Simplified uh, uh, Mindfulness Meditation Course. And it takes approximately, well, it depends on how fast people go through the stages, three, four weeks. But hopefully it'll get people to the point where they can meditate. And the truth of the matter is that 10 to 15% of the population around the world cannot achieve that state, cannot be hypnotized. And there's 10 or 15% who come to it very naturally and Fortunately, I'm one of those. And I love my meditation so much that this morning, after the, those two days in the mountains where I was pretty stressed out, I meditated for an hour and 15 minutes. And uh, my day now consists of I get up, go into my room, light a candle, meditate for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, and then I do 15 minutes of yoga, and only then do I go for breakfast. So... Um, that's answered a little more than you need. Um, ask me something else. <laughs> what a fabulous design of a training program. This is your host, Robert Rogers, the founder of Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today is Dr. Christian Hagaseth. Dr. Hagaseth, could you please very slowly spell out the address of your website? www. Sweating, S-W-E-A-T-I-N-G, out, O-U-T, P-D, dot com. Sweating out, P-D, dot com. You mentioned that 18 individuals have participated in your program, and so some have uh, certainly been able to complete the training program. Uh, talk about, if you would, please, some of the outcomes for people who've been a part of what you've been doing these last months. I'd be glad to. And uh, this is where I sometimes depart from people that want to hawk their training. And that is uh, I've had 10, 
12% of people who get absolutely no benefit whatsoever from it. And I've had two people drop out, mostly because they felt that the demand was too much. Okay, so then I look at the rest of the group, and I would say that approximately 35% have some pretty significant improvement. And the best improvement I see are the people who are earlier in the course of the disease and people who are not taking medication yet. I have one guy that's my poster child. I met him last July, and uh, he and his wife don't like Western allopathic medicine. And they saw a neurologist, and the neurologist did what neurologists do. He gave him, gave him the bad news and then said, take cinnamon, and I'll see you in six months. Well, that infuriated them. But they went then with a chiropractor uh, from Wyoming and a uh, holistic healer of some sort from Panama and were trying their best. But when I met him, he was a mess. As he walked, he had no arm swing. He, his head tilted forward, way forward. He had a, quite a bit of a tremor, especially in his right hand. His face was a total mask, and he spoke softly and did not uh, have much inflection in his voice. And he was so slow in answering, I worried that he might have dementia. Well, they, they went headlong into the training, and since he doesn't live too far from where uh, I am, he participated in our uh, yoga program and things. And it's now been six months. He, you have a hard time telling it when he walks. His arm swing is much better. I still have to remind him to not stoop. His face, he smiles and he laughs a great deal more. And he takes no medicine. And he's thrilled and his wife is thrilled. And because he is uh, more articulate, it's clear he doesn't have dementia. Now, that is a best-case scenario. Now, in the, in the middle are a lot of people who, who are very, very degrees into the disease, you know, four or five years, 10, 11, 12 years, many that have been on medication for quite a while. I have not been successful in helping people get off much in terms of medication. I think once that they are, uh, their body is used to having the dopamine augmented externally, that it, uh, it's dependent on it. I'm still waiting to see, but I make it clear to people I see, I'm doing training. I'm not a doc- I'm not, I am a medical doctor, but I'm not practicing medicine, which means I'm not going to diagnose you. I'm not going to order tests. I am not going to ever defy what your neurologist says. I might explain to you if I have a difference of opinion with that person. But I will not tell you to stop a medication. I have had a couple people who've chosen to stop certain medications and have done fairly well. Uh, Medications like amantadine and uh, Azelect, that stuff bothers me. It's so damned expensive. And uh, uh, I've been at meetings with neurologists and you know they they'll listen they allow me to cozy up to them because you know my, my board certification is by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology 
And I say, how good is Azalec really? One out of three say, oh, I think it's pretty good. Two out of three kind of go, yeah, come see, come saw. Well, if I'm going to spend $600 a month on come see, come saw, I think that's a waste. And especially since you, I know that people who follow the training that I'm inviting them to can probably achieve a lot more than Azalec can promise. In fact, if I'd been taking Azalec all this time, the people making Azalec would be jumping up and down saying, look at him, look at him, look how well he walks, look at he can run, look at he can do yoga. But it's because I have realized that my mind and my body can interact and with the right circumstances, I can make my body behave differently. I am rewiring the brain with respect to movement. So that gives you an idea of roughly where the outcomes are. Dr. Hagaseth, how can an individual sign up for your training program? Really simple, because uh, I'm one guy, but I'm very accessible. And so what they need to do only is go to my website, send me an email, we talk. And my first conversation can go on as long as they want. It is 100% free because I don't want to make a, pro- a promise that I can't. For example, here, let me do this real quick. I have a guy that has, does not have Parkinson's disease. He has an uh, idiopathic ataxia that's progressive. And he's one of the people that has done everything faithfully and worked hard with what I've proposed, and he is worse. And so uh, I'm doing some of the neuroplastic uh, training with uh, people without Parkinson's, and uh, it's, it hasn't proved to be as effective. But anyway, getting back to what they do, give me a call. I mean, send me an email, give me a call. And if they, are, if they live in Europe or Australia or New Zealand or UK, uh, we talk on Skype. And sometimes we do video Skype so we can see each other. And I like doing that a lot. I got a guy that I'm ta- talking with in uh, Netherlands now, and I, I say we're becoming friends. In fact, a few of the people and I are becoming friends. A woman who did extremely well with the course and found that it was just, in her mind, just perfect for her. Well, she's a friend, and so we, we make a point of wanting to talk once a month just to hear how it's going. You mentioned that people can call you. Is there a specific number that would be best to use? Sure, I'll, I'll say it over the. I'll say it here on this, but I'll, it's also on my website. The area code is nine seven zero, and my number is two 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 one eight six seven. I like the two 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 part because it makes it easier to remember the number. Two 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 eighteen sixty seven. Some people have just joined us, Dr. Hagaseth. Could you once again please spell out slowly your website address? I would be delighted. www dot sweating s w e a t i n g out o u t p d dot com sweating out p d one word dot com. 
I am thrilled to report that Dr. Hegeseth has actually begun his own podcast titled Up Deep Beat Parkinson's Talk Radio. Tell us all about that. Well, you know, gosh, Roger, I, I, I saw, I, I have witnessed the immense benefit that you are bringing, bringing to the world. And I, I was very impressed. And I, I have, I've done some podcasting a lot earlier in my life. And I thought, why not? Because, for example, you have this very broad spectrum of people who come to uh, talk to you. And anybody that has an alternative or, you know, a holistic or what have you has the opportunity to give out their information via your podcast, your radio. Well, I called mine uh, Parkinson, Upbeat Parkinson's Talk Radio, but I don't really do the radio part like we're doing right now because I never do it live. I'd rather be able to edit out the um, ums, and the coughs and everything else. But I have now posted 11 shows, uh, podcasts, and uh, among some that are get the more viewing is I have one on sex and PD. I have one on medical marijuana and PD. And I have one that I call peeing and pooping and PD. And so uh, I'm going to continue to do that. I've got one now where I'm interviewing the woman I just mentioned who's doing so well. And so her interview will be posted in the next day or so. How can listeners access this incredible resource? Okay. Um, Like you, I do it via blog talk radio. But all they have to Google are these words, which is Beat Parkinson's Talk Radio. And that Googling that, they will find me. So that's upbeat, U-P-B-E-A-T, second word, Parkinson's with an apostrophe, P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N, apostrophe S, talk, T-A-L-K, and then the last word is radio, R-A-D-I-O. Well, Dr. Hackerson, I just want to report that it's exciting to me to hear what incredible contribution you are making to so many individuals. And I look forward to an update from you here in the coming months about how your program is proceeding and helping so many individuals. Thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio today. Thank you so much. And we are live here on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart. All the men are, of course, handsome. And all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show, incredible interview today with Dr. Christian Hegeseth, that you indeed, just by listening, are on the road to recovery. May you have a magnificent week and look forward to some amazing and spectacular radio show interviews that we will be airing in the coming weeks. I'm Robert Rogers, your host and founder of Parkinson's Recovery. Good day.